Welcome to the Course Creators MBA podcast. I'm your host, Destiny Kopp. And in this podcast, we're covering actionable tips to grow your online course business. And I have a special guest with me here today. It's Marissa Corcoran. And Marissa, welcome back to the show. I know we've had you on the show before, and I'm so excited that you're here with us. Yeah, thank you for having me back. I'm excited. Yeah. So guys, let me just give you a little bit of background on Marissa, and then I'll let her go into a little bit more detail. Marissa is a copywriter and messaging strategist that helps coaches and creatives craft compelling copy that attracts clients, makes money, and creates a massive online movement. She's also the creator of the wildly popular copy chat masterclass series, bringing together 20 plus experts in copywriting, business coaching, and online marketing. When not click clacking on a laptop, you can find Marissa analyzing a Real Housewives episode like it's government policy and consuming inappropriate amounts of nutrageous bars. And Marissa, thanks so much for joining me. I'm very excited to talk about our topic today. Uh, can you tell for those of for the people on the who are listening who may have not heard the podcast when you were on previously? Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, so I was an actor for a very long time first, and uh, I got my MFA at Harvard University in acting. And when I went back to the city, I didn't, you know, really want to babysit or or wait tables or all the things that actors do while they're waiting. And I kind of fell into copywriting. I had a friend of mine who knew somebody who was kind of in this online space and needed someone, and that's kind of how I got I got started. And slowly. Um, I learned kind of, you know, the, the, you know, tricks of the trade and learning how to do email marketing and websites and, and started getting more clients. And I found that I really loved copywriting more than I loved acting. So to surprise to many, many people in my life, I decided I was going to, you know, start my own uh, business instead. Uh, but the cool thing about that is that everything I learned as an actor at Harvard and I learned in undergrad really applies to what I teach my students and my um, and my clients, uh, all the things that you learn in acting about vulnerability, about storytelling, about, you know, what do you want from the person on stage? Like, what's your intention? That all translates to create crafting compelling copy that people, you know, engage and, and react with. So it's, it's served me well, even though I'm not acting anymore, it served me well. I have to ask you though, and I didn't ask you this last time, so, but I'm very curious. When was your last acting gig and what exactly did you do? When was my last acting gig? My last acting gig, I think, I could be wrong, was um, the mom in a stop and shop commercial for Christmas. I mean, not for Christmas, for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, um, where my line was, I was holding the turkey and I said, this year, I want the best bird for my family and my wallet. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that was my last thing that I did. Well, I, I love that. And I, I know we both live here in Atlanta and the, you know, Atlanta's becoming such a Mecca for, you know, how, uh, movies and filming. Do you think you ever get back into it to do it here and there? I do not think I will, but my, one of my best friends, the reason that I moved to Atlanta, she actually is our neighbor. She lives around the block from me and she's a very well-known Atlanta actor and now becoming much more. Um, she's really, she's on the resident on Fox. If, if anyone watches the resident, she's nurse Jessica and, um, her name is Jessica in real life. 
And so it's been really cool to watch her rise because, you know, she's from Atlanta. So she was an Atlanta actress. And then as this kind of became the Hollywood of the South, this bit part on The Resident turned into a very big part. And um, now she's a pretty big part of the series. So it's, it's really awesome to, to watch her. So it's really cool for a lot of Atlanta actors that have been able to have a similar experience to Jess. Yeah, and I always see them filming, you know, they film a lot up here in North Fulton and, you know, blocking off our streets and there's, but I do like it. Like, I like seeing the movies and I'm like, oh, I recognize exactly where that is. It's like right down the road from me. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. They film over near us too, over near like Pullman Yard and stuff. And it's always really cool um, to see. And of course, to see, you know, my, one of my best friends who's been working so hard, really um, get this, these incredible opportunities and, you know, people like know her, which is really cool. Well, that's exciting. So let's jump right into our topic today. And you're going to be telling, talking with us about the keys to a successful pitch email. And I know a lot of the course creators who are listening to this, they, you know, they are looking for free PR type opportunities, right? Because, you know, Facebook ads can get expensive and, you know, really they're looking for that opportunity where they can grow their audience using other people's audiences. And, you know, podcasting is definitely something that they're interested in, you know, being a speaker on a summit, maybe even guest blogging. So we are going to jump right into this. But my first question for you is, why should a course creator or our, our marketing strategies, if you would, include JV, joint ventures? Oh, it's the best way, you know, in my opinion, to really gain really um, connections with people fast. You know, when people, when I've had people on the copy chat or just you and I here talking today, it just creates a connection that you can't really create uh, over other, other kinds of um, mediums. So it helps you create those connections, people who, you know, hear you for anyone who's listening, you, you hear somebody on a podcast, you hear somebody on a summit that really resonates with you and you, you know, you're able to kind of reach out to them and create another connection or someone becomes a client or a customer. So you really can't, you can't beat that kind of human to human connection. I think we're all really craving in such a highly digitalized world. So I think for so many people, it's the, you know, really refreshing to be able to hop on a podcast and have a conversation with somebody or be on a summit and something and, and things like that. It's, it's my favorite thing for sure. And, and for those who might not, who might be listening, but might not be familiar with the term, with the term joint ventures, can you tell them a little bit about what exactly that means? Oh yeah. It's just like the fancy Nancy way of saying, you know, just, what we're doing here. I, I, I don't even have the best explanation for it. I don't think, but just, you know, being, having like a communication with other people. So if you do a summit, sometimes what happens is that person might promo for you or send an email to say, Hey, I'm going to be part of this person's summit. So it's kind of like a mutually beneficial thing because they're getting exposure. And then you're also, you're all, they're also helping you gain exposure. So there's like that joint um, win-win for each other. Um, but no matter what it is, I always feel like a joint venture is a, is a win-win because again, you're creating that, that connection that you just cannot get, you know, any other way. And I completely agree with you. I mean, I love being a guest on somebody else's podcast and chatting with them and, you know, learning more about their business. And I love, you know, the conversations that I have with the guest on my show. 
Um, and then, you know, I've also been guest on speakers and summits and, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. And I know that you offer what you call a copy chat masterclass series and um, it's something that you, you lead and put together. And by the way, I have, you know, been through that with you. You might not have realized that actually, I think I bought your, um, all access pass. I can't even remember exactly the what kit. you called it. The copy chat kit. The copy chat kit. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad I bought that because I'm still, you know, going through it, even though that probably ended a few months ago, but can you tell us what are some of the best ways, and I know you have a lot of experience in this, but what are some of the best ways to create JVs, joint ventures? Yeah. I mean, the best way, you know, is, is, is to email people. It's, you know, of course, if you see somebody and you meet them out at a, at a networking event or there's a conference or you, or you, you're talking to somebody on social media or something, that's a great opportunity to kind of dive in and, and speak to them. But a lot of times if you're planning, like I did for the copy chat or for you, like having your podcast, there might be somebody that you really want to have part of it. And the best way to get in touch with them is to send, um, an email. And what I find is where people go wrong with that email is they, they're very general. They open up the email and they say, you know, hi, Destiny, I'm a huge fan of your work and would love to feature you on my podcast. And then they just kind of dive into the ask without really being specific. So I encourage everybody who's listening the next time you write a pitch email to be super specific. And the way that you do that is if I say, hey, Destiny, I'm a huge fan of your work, calling out one thing that, I've, that I know about you or that maybe I've taken five minutes to research, I checked out a blog you've written or I noticed a social media post that resonated with me or I listened to a podcast. You know, If I was now writing to you to say I wanted to be on your podcast or something like that, I could say, hi, Destiny, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. In fact, I listened to your latest episode with Marisa Corcoran and really learned a lot about, you know, how you get your next email read, especially tip number two. Now, all of a sudden you destiny are looking at that email going, wow, this person is the real deal. They really took, they really took time because we're ego driven people by nature. We just are. So we want to know like what's in it for us. So if somebody is specific with you, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep reading this because they've taken the time to tell me what they've liked about me as opposed to the generic statement of, I'm a huge fan of your work. And, and I, love, I love what you're saying there. And I think it's, it's so critical because a lot of times I get pitched for being on my podcast. And honestly, it's like they didn't even know who my target customer was, which is kind of crazy because it's in the name of the podcast that I only focus on, you know, course creators. But it is so very true that people yep. sometimes just go out and pitch you and it's like they didn't pay any attention to anything. No. And I, and I know it gets, you know, especially if you're doing a summit or you got you have to email a bunch of people, right? You want to get a bunch of people on if a summit has 20 people on or whatever it is. I know that you'll be sending a lot of emails and I get that it, it, it's easy to kind of create a template and just send it. And so I do think that you should create a template, like an, like an outline, but I think that there's parts of the template, excuse me, parts of the template that need to change each time to be specific for the person. So what happens, people say to me, well, Marisa, I mean, I don't have time to look up everything about every person. Like it would take me so long. And first off, I'd say that, you know, if you really want to create those connections, you have to take the time. But a way to make it easier is to just decide you're going to hone in on one thing. So if someone was coming to your site, you know, click on a podcast and, and fast forward and, and, and hear a part that really resonates with you. 
that is real. Now you're not making it up, but a part that really resonates and then use that as that point of connection, knowing that if you write back and say, Hey, I'd love to have you on. Okay. Then that person should do a little bit of their research to make sure they're fully, fully ready. But at least they've created some point of connection with you to start that is in general. And I know that you are extremely experienced in this because in your masterclass series, you brought together, I, it, it was probably, you know, definitely more than 20 experts in there. And you reached out to them to get them to join your masterclass series. So can you tell us what are some of the keys to a successful pitch email that gets that yes. So you get somebody to say yes to, yes, I'll be in your masterclass series. Yeah, definitely. So number one is that specificity. So when you start it off, you can say, hi, Destiny, I'm a huge fan of your work. Here's why. And reference one specific thing. That's how you start. Then after that, you let them know, uh, here's what, you know, here's what I've put together. So for me, if I'm reaching out to somebody for the copy chat, I would say, hey, Destiny, I'm a huge fan of your work. I, in fact, your recent podcast with so-and-so really resonated with me because you talked about the power of, you know, publicity or whatever it was. And I referenced something specific. I say this, that's why I know you'd be such a great expert for the copy chat. And then I say a little bit about what I'm doing as a copywriter for over six years, I'm bringing together, you know, business coaches, online strategists to create. And I say a little, just a tiny bit about what I'm doing. And then I say, I, and then I go back to the person and say to them, I would love to have you talk about, and then be super specific about what the topic is, or maybe a bullet points of like two or three possible topics. So just to recap, you've given a specific story first, like a specific point of connection. You've asked them, you haven't buried the ask. This is another thing that people do. They bury the ask. So right away, I've said, here's why I'm a huge fan of your work and would love to have you on the, on the show. Here's why. So I haven't buried the ask. I've given a little bit about why I've created it. And then I turn it back to them to offer, here's the specific topics or one topic I'd love to have you talk about. And then you have to follow it up with a clear call to action. So it can't just be, let me know what you think or let me know if this resonates with you. It has to be, hit reply and tell me if this topic works for you or let's hop on a call and discuss for 15 minutes. Here's the link and literally give them the link to schedule. A lot of times what happens is people have, they've done all the things right, but then that call to action is wishy-washy. So make that call to action super clear. And then my biggest key, which is my favorite is utilize the PS. So the PS is the most read part of any email. And don't skip it here. The PS is a great way to come in and have a point of connection that isn't businessy. That is something that really is personal that resonates with you. And I usually use that as an opportunity to be humorous or be funny. Um, I'll give you a, an extreme example of it, but you don't have to be this extreme. But there was a copywriter from Australia I really wanted on the copy chat. And I wrote her all, I did all these things I just told you. And then on her about page, I remember reading that she was a huge fan of Will Smith, of this, you know, actor, singer, Will Smith. Well, who, and, well, who isn't? Well, who isn't, right? <laughs> and I, too, am a huge Will Smith fan. Yes. Um, and in fact, at my wedding, I wrapped the entire Men in Black and Wild Wild West by myself on the dance floor at the end of my wedding. You did not. I did. I 100% <laughs> did. And Elizabeth 
um, who was on the copy chat, was a huge, is also a huge fan of these Will Smith rap songs. So in the PS to her, I put, I too, I'm also a huge fan of Will Smith. And I said, in fact, check out this 20 second clip of me rapping to him at my wedding. And when she wrote me back and she says this on the show, so if you listen in on that episode of the copy chat, which I think is like the second or third, she says that the reason she said yes to being on the copy chat is because of that Will Smith PS. Because she was like, I realized that you were like the real deal, that this wasn't like a salesy thing at all. Like you were a real human. Like you sent me a 20 second clip. Like it's a point of connection. You don't have to do that. Other people I've done, I said, you know, um, there was someone on the show, her name is Sarah Dan, and I knew that she loved Bethany Frankel's book, A Place of Yes. I also love that book. So in the PS, I said, hey, I too am a huge fan of that book. This is my favorite part. Would love to know what your favorite part is. So you're creating those other points of connection with them that are, that are personal. And you can find that by going to their Instagram, their about page, their Facebook. You'll find something that you connect with. So I love what you said there. I specifically um, can, re can resonate, right, with the call to action because, and I think I'm guilty of this also in my emails, uh, you know, let me know what you think instead of respond back and schedule a time to chat or respond back and give me basically a yes or no, right? I mean, because that's, that's putting some finality on it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And getting them and not leaving it up to kind of, you know, if this resonates with you or if this sounds good to you, bank on the fact that it's a yes. Like decide right away that they are going to say yes. So it's saying like, look forward to connecting with you. Like bank on the yes and let them be the one to say, oh, thank you so much, Destiny. But right now I'm not available. And how soon should you follow up if you haven't heard from them? I, you know, I play it by ear. It depends. You know, if I send something towards the end of the week, I'll definitely wait till the beginning of the following week. But I usually give it like probably around like four-ish business days or so. And then I'll pop back in and I'll say, hey, Destiny, popping back to the top of your inbox uh, to check in on this. Would love to have your voice on the copy chat. I know this audience would love to hear you talk about insert specific topic. Uh, here's that link one more time to schedule a call. Uh, look forward to connecting with you. I'll send it again. And then... If I don't hear, I would send one more time. Um, and I learned this from Laura Belgray, like the greatest copywriter ever, where she talks about like, you can say, you know, at the risk of being a nag, I can't remember how she words it, but the risk of being like a pest or a nag, you know, I'm popping back in your inbox one more time to check in on this. You know, you give them the say, if this isn't for you, just simply reply back and say no. You know, really letting them know without it being too like, you know, naggy that you you recognize that this is the third time you know that you've emailed them or whatever and you follow up until you get that yes or no answer so you recommend probably three follow-ups right yeah i would say i send the i send the first one i send the second and i'll send that last nagging one and if i don't hear anything after that then i don't think i, I go past that that's me personally Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people in my life who'd be like, no, you should keep following up. That's just what I do. Cause most of the time, if I'm doing it for the copy chat, I've, I've been, I've been emailing a bunch of people. So I'm getting responses. So I'm also trying to deal with those people at the same time. Um, but I remember so that if I'm getting ready to do copy chat 2.0 or what I'm doing next, that I can go back and, and email that person again. 
so for the majority of the people, they probably just responded back and said, yes, or no, this isn't right for me at this point because, you know, maybe they're going through a launch or stuff in their personal life or maternity leave. I mean, you never know. Um, do you normally find that people will at least respond back and give you a yes or a no? Yes, I have found for the most part, I have my own theories on this that I won't go in. I find, uh, I find that all of, all of the women I've ever emailed have emailed me back. With men, sometimes I don't get a response back, but that's a topic for another day, I think. Yeah. Um, but I feel like most of the time I do get a response back or something to follow up with. And I, free, and I create a connection no matter what. Cause even if someone says, Hey, I have a launch, I tell them, Hey, you know what? And you know, for you, or if you're doing a podcast or something, you can let them know, you know, not a problem. I totally understand and respect, you know, your launch or where you're at. I'm actually going to be doing another round of interviews. You let them know that there's something in the future. So I'm going to reach back out. And then you say a specific time and you reach back out during that specific time. Okay. So when I ended copy chat 1.0 and I knew I was getting ready for copy chat 2.0, if there were people who said they weren't available for the first one, I said, well, I'll reach back out to you in mid March, early spring to check in with you to see if you'd be available. And then I made sure to send that email right around that time to say, Hey, I know it didn't work out for 1.0, but I'm gearing up for 2.0, you know, would love to have your voice on it. Thanks for that tip. And any last minute comments or tips that you have for the course creators who may be listening today? Uh, I would say, you know, I think we, we really pretty much covered it when it comes to the pitch emails, you know, be super specific at the top. Um, you know, make your, don't bury your ask, have a clear call to action and find something really fun or poignant or touching to add for a PS. It really makes a difference. I think. Thank you, Marissa. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, the best place to find me is in my Facebook group. It's called the Copy Chat Facebook group, C-O-P-Y-C-H-A-T. Um, and that's the best place. I do lives on Monday nights and Wednesday nights covering different aspects of copy and messaging. Um, we have a super connected group. I bring in different experts and speakers to speak in there. Um, people throw in copy for other people to review and take a look at. We have like weekly wins. It's a really connected community. And that's the best way to hear about what's going on um, in my community, for sure. Definitely check out her Facebook group. And Course Creators, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Would love it if you could rate and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Have a great rest of your day. Bye for now. Bye.